This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me in just a second will be my friend Nicholas Martin. Before I bring in Nick. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Action Network audio director Matt Mitchell. Just wanted to apologize. We're having some issues with the beautiful Nick Martin's microphone this week and last week. We're working to resolve it, but in the interest of getting these episodes out as quickly and efficiently as possible to you, our beloved gamblers. We will just have to go with what we got this time. So again, thanks for hanging with us, and good luck betting pucks. Before we talk about our favorite underdogs of the day, which we always do at the top of every episode, a huge thank you to the Arizona Coyotes, cashing for us, plus 190 against the Columbus Blue Jackets in our last episode. And a PSA. We talked about this in our preseason episodes. We've alluded to it a little bit with the Coyotes throughout the early days of the season. I'm going to like betting the Coyotes at home because of their incredibly unique situation. They'll be playing their home games in front of 3,500 people in front of a stadium with a capacity or an arena with a capacity of 3,500 people, I should say, at the Arizona State Ice Hockey Rink. And their first home game is Friday against the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets are going to be on a back-to-back, so... And they'll be playing their backup goaltender most likely. So we might not see a huge number, but it's still like Coyotes at home. The pictures got released of where the Jets will be getting changed before the game. And it's just curtains in the hallway. They So they play the Jets on Friday. Then they're going to be a huge number against the Rangers. Most likely, I believe that game is Sunday. Coyotes at home. Get ready to do it. Nick, before we talk about our underdogs, let's talk about our favorite team in the NHL, the Arizona Coyotes. What did you see out of them? What do you think about Coyotes at home this weekend? I think this could be a good good narrative for it. I gotta give it up to you. You, you know, you're not just crazy Coyotes guy right now. You hit two out of two or two out of three, either or. From what I've seen, it's been great. They played really good versus Columbus, and it, it could be a good spot to come out fast against the Jets. We'll we'll see maybe how the Jets game goes Thursday night. I think could be interesting, kind of with what I expect in that in that contest. But yeah, I definitely think this is one where it's probably going to be Coyotes or pass for me. Yeah. So like I said, just keep those two games in mind. Keep in mind the situation for the road teams coming to Arizona because it's going to be weird. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for Friday night. Can't wait to cancel. All my plans are just watch that game at the arena. 3,500 people. It's on ESPN Plus, I think. So 1030 uh, Eastern time, Friday night. Game of the year, Winnipeg Jets, Arizona Coyotes. And of course, there's that weird you know, rivalry between the, the two teams and the two markets because Winnipeg relocated to Arizona before Atlanta relocated to Winnipeg. So, oh, so much, so much to get involved with Coyotes and Jets on Friday. But let's talk about Thursday night. Let's talk about a couple underdogs we like. I'll let you go first. We've already talked about them a lot. Your favorite underdog, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, so my favorite underdog for uh, Thursday's slate is the Jets visiting the Kings. 
Uh, they're at plus 125 right around that most books as of now. I think that's really strong. We These teams are going to be closer than that suggests, in my opinion. The Jets just played their game of the year as well versus the Blues. They absolutely dominated them in that win. And I think there's a good chance they can build off that. I love where their stars are at right now. The Eller's absence sucks, but it's still, I think, too long a number. Especially, it's going to be Hellebuck and goal for the Jets, I would expect. I don't think there's any chance they'll look at this back-to-back and say, let's not play Hellebuck in LA on Thursday night, so they'll have a big edge in goal. And I just think that number is way too long with how close these teams could play out as the season gets moving. Yeah, I like the Jets too in that spot. Plus 115, plus 125, that's where it's bouncing around right now. Like you said, the disparity in goal and the fact that the Jets have the the scoring upside to to, to mask some defensive deficiencies, even without Ehlers, I think it's a good spot for Winnipeg. Uh, my favorite underdog, I like Montreal. I'm going to fade the Sabres again. It worked with the Kraken in their last, the Sabres last leg of that uh, long road trip through Western Canada and then the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I like going against them again here, their first home game back from that road trip. It comes down to the Habs are around plus 135. I think the Sabres might take some more money, so you might be able to get a better number. Montreal's scoring upside is the play here because the goaltending, I think, is a wash. I know that Comrie and Anderson have started well. Who knows how long they're going to take it up, uh, keep it up. Jake Allen's played well, too. We talked about how this Habs defense is probably better than anybody gave it credit for before. So they should be able to at least keep pace with uh, Buffalo's decent scoring upside as well. So I think this game is is a little closer than the odds suggests. I like Montreal. I'll be playing Montreal in games like this a lot, I think, against teams that are close to their level. Uh, I think Buffalo's a better team. I don't think the gap is this wide. So I like Montreal. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a weird game the other night versus the Wild. I felt really good about, um, and this might work kind of towards the narrative that you're saying here with Montreal, hanging around and punching a little bit above their weight. I thought Minnesota were absolutely dominant for the first 20, and I felt super good about our puck line bet. And then Montreal kind of got a leg in the game, hung around. And I think that's the kind of thing we want to see, you know, from a team like this heading in as a big underdog versus the Sabres who've been strong but could be slightly overvalued after that road trip for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's definitely a big part of it is the sabers are getting a lot of love nobody gets more hype in the media and the hockey media than the sabers after a hot start like we saw we used to see it all the time in like the middle part of the last decade and then people were like hey we can't do this again and 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 now they are so montreal for me winnipeg for you now let's take a look at the big board for thursday night minnesota's minus 120 on the road in ottawa the senators even money home underdog over under here, six and a half. The Senators caught some really bad news. Josh Norris, a, a really integral part of their top six, might be out for the entire season. He'll be out long-term at the very least. That's not good. The Senators got great goaltending from Magnus Helberg the other day. He's got a great look. I love his pads. Neither one of us are high on the wild compared to what their kind of status is in the market. So I'll be passing here. I think we could see Minnesota take some money, and then the Senators maybe get a little more interesting at home. But at these current prices, I'm I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm a little scared that the Wild are kind of starting a surge. They had, I thought, overall a pretty strong game in Montreal. I felt, you know, pretty good about our take. The defensively, they're way better. Flurry had the huge save on the penalty shot in the third. Altogether, a pretty strong game. Other than the, I guess the the only goal was pretty awful. But I kind of, yeah, I can see both sides of it. And for me, it's just a pass. All right, uh, let's move on to Detroit and Boston. The Wings plus one eighty. On the road, Bruins minus 220 at home. The over-under here is six. Brad Marchand, he won't be back for this one, but they say he's getting close 
to a return. What a good call by me not to get involved with the Bruins thinking that they were going to start slow and, and you'd be able to get a bigger number than 28 to one. That number was just good enough. Uh, that was so dumb. I should, I, I'm kicking myself for not backing them uh, in the futures market, but the Bruins are good. Red Wings aren't. I said in the last episode, even though I bet on the Red Wings, that was a mistake too. I would be looking for chances to fade them. I just don't like laying big prices with Boston because they just go cold, like offensively. This is what this team is. Maybe they change under Jim Montgomery and we start to see them get margin against teams like Detroit, whose defense is very leaky, but they need to prove it first. So I'll be staying away here. Yeah, I'm going to stay away as well. I just think it's a spot where maybe Boston or I'm not convinced they're this entirely good early on. Detroit have been really respectable. So for me, it's just starting to look like a pretty heavy favorite where I just don't see a lot of value on that one. Now, this is a this is a banger here. Florida Panthers minus 205 on the road in Philadelphia. The Flyers plus 175. The over-under here is six and a half. You and I were talking before the show that we were both kind of considering making the Flyers our favorite underdog. Scared off it a little bit. You know, they're four and two or whatever they are now. And they're off to a great start relative to what we thought they were going to be. And the Panthers are, they're just a flawed team. Like, I think that they'll have enough to stay afloat and stay in the playoff race until they can somehow find reinforcements, whether it's trade deadline, just getting Aaron Ekblad healthy, uh, et cetera. But they're going to lose games in this spot. We saw it against the Blackhawks the other night, right? They're, they're, they have too many holes to just set it and forget it with them as big favorites. And the Flyers are just, they're playing hard. They're getting great goaltending from Carter Hart. He's not going to play at this level forever, but he had a great first half last year before falling apart during the second half. So he should, I mean, if he's, he keeps his form up at least for a couple more weeks or so that the Flyers will be able to punch up well. So I, I will probably bet bet on the Flyers here. Yeah. And to touch on the Carter Hart thing, like I, I wouldn't even argue his form dropped that much last year. The team just became a complete joke. Like his numbers went to hell when the team did, when Couturier went out and everyone, I know he's still out, but when everyone went down around Christmas, it was just a disaster. And I still just think this is kind of what his realistic potential is. I believe in Carter Hart. And yeah, I think you kind of hit all the points perfectly. Philly are playing really hard. I think at home with what we've seen from these teams too far, it's it's Philly or nothing for me with how big this number is. Yeah, so keep an eye on Nick and I in the Action app if you want to see if, when and if we get in on the Flyers. Uh, yeah, and also, Philly, or my, yep, go ahead. I was just going to say in Philly, like, or Florida, people will probably pile in on Florida here. I would assume that's probably the way I'm thinking it'll go. Like people are going to think they're going to bounce back. They're going to just fly right through Philly. Uh, everyone in, like Florida clearly had a bad night through two periods versus Chicago. Like their game was not sharp. They're better than that. And maybe that's going to attract some of the public bets when they expect a, a big bounce back here. Yeah, I would, I would assume so as well. People are just going to bow out on Philly eventually thinking that the magic will run out. All right, uh, the Blues and the Predators, St. Louis plus 135, Nashville minus 155 at home. The over on here is six and a half. St. Louis will be on the second leg of a back-to-back. Jordan Bennington is starting on Wednesday night against the Oilers, so it will likely be Thomas Grice, who I thought was fine against the Jets. He kind of kept them in it for a little while. Grice and Yarrow Halak to me, I mean, they're both former Islanders and were tandem at one point together, but they, they remind me of each other, whereas like you kind of just, you're just going to get backup level goaltending for both of them. Like th- throughout the season, you're going to see like a 908 next to their name. They'll be like right around minus they're two. Good, or reliable like... backups. Yeah, exactly. Just, That's what it is. I, I think and, you're happy with them. So exactly. Backup. Yeah. Um, so it's not like he's not, he's not the type of goalie Grice. I mean, he was poor last year on the Red Wings, but I think a lot of that was because of the team he was playing for, but he's not the type of goalie 
that I would just blindly fade is what I'm trying to say. Especially St. Louis is a solid team in front of them. They can score. Uh, so even if he is off, like they'll be in games. Now betting Grice against a presumed starter of Usaros, that stinks. But I would say the Blues are the value side here. I know you're on the other end. Uh, I haven't bet it yet, but I just always seem to think St. Louis is better than the market. So I'll likely be on, on the Blues again. Yeah, this market was funky Wednesday afternoon. It was getting posted for 20 seconds at a time on some sites. I was trying to lock in some of the early numbers I saw and having a hard time. I can definitely see both sides of it. Like moving forward, the Blues are a much better team. I just think it's a tough spot playing the back-to-back coming into Nashville to play a Nashville team that have lost five straight and are really scuffling. But I can definitely see your side of it too with just not respecting that the Predators are really that good this year. And uh, no Pavel Buchnevich for the Blues uh, in all likelihood. So another one to keep in mind. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before uh, placing that bet, Washington and the Stars, you are a Capitals fan and your caps are plus 115 on the road. The Dallas Stars minus 135 at home. The over-under here, six. I really thought I was going to end up betting the Capitals. Maybe I will if this line moves, but it looks about right. Before, yeah, before I looked, I was like, I'll, I'll probably be on Washington here. I think we'll get a good number. We didn't get it. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced either of these teams are as good as a record so far. I know the Caps are only four and three. It's been pretty uneven play, I think you could say. The Devils game was kind of a clear indicator of that. They basically just found a way to win. We love Charlie Lindgren. Uh, yeah. He's going to be awesome this year. You need to look out. Do not. We touched on this. Don't wait. Caps games like at all. And we saw in that game when he got announced, the markets did move. Don't wait. The cap says, uh, you know, having a lesser chance because he's gotten in a game because he's going to be stellar. I really believe in him. But yeah, I, I think for me, I don't think the stars are as good as they've shown in the early going. I don't think the caps are as strong as a four and three. I think ultimately it's just a pass at this number. The Edmonton Oilers minus two fifteen traveling to Chicago to take on the Red Hot Hawks plus one eighty five. The over under here six and a half. Chicago beat Florida the other night. Man, oh man, this this Blackhawks team is just going to be a money pit. I can't believe it. I just really cannot believe it because you just there are sometimes like like we talked about the Coyotes the other night against the Blue Jackets. If you just broke that game down and you kind of envisioned it, you looked at just the situation, what like what Columbus doesn't do well, what Arizona you know, obviously they don't do much well, but like what they can at least like get out of a game. When you look at the Blackhawks and the Oilers, everything just lines up for this to be a pummeling. And I know that it's a back-to-back for Edmonton. Uh, Jack Campbell struggled. But look at that, uh, that Chicago defense and tell me who is going to be able to just keep Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl off the puck. I just can't see it. So I, I actually like laying the minus one and a half puck line. I don't, hate playing like minus two and a half it's it should if, if Edmonton wins this should just be a blowout it should be a route Alex Stalock has been red hot for the Blackhawks in goal that's not going to stay up like we just know, know it's not going to stay up so Edmonton for me minus one and a half yeah I completely agree I I like the Oilers a lot in this spot I think it's a great spot to target them to just send Chicago back down to earth and to comment on 
kind of what we've seen from Chicago, like the Seattle game, the Florida game, it really didn't seem to me like either of those were that impressive of team performances from the Hawks. It was just, those were the way that things worked out. There were sloppy errors from both the teams that were playing at the wrong times that I didn't think the Hawks really earned. To me, I'm just not convinced that they're playing at the level they are. I think the four and two is definitely smoke and mirrors right now. And, and it's, I'm not convinced they're going to be better than I thought it seems like, but for me, I think it's a great spot to just target a high powered Oilers team to put up probably five, six goals and just win handily. And the other thing I like too, is like McDavid and dry we've touched on this. They're so desperate to get back to the postseason, and their start really hasn't been that good. They can win tonight in St. Louis and still have a very middling record. So I just think it's one where they're not going to look past that game. They're going to come into it and just, I think they'll just dominate and take the two points that they really need from a Chicago team. That's simply overrated at four and two. Yeah. I mean, if, if Chicago's play, I think you can say like, even like the cracking game, it was just so wonky. Yeah. The red, exactly. The, like I, the adults I think just you, beat themselves in the third. I thought right, I wouldn't, exactly. I had, you know, people saying it was a super bad beat. I wouldn't even go far. I wouldn't say it was a bad beat. Chicago or Seattle just kind of played bad, but right. It was what it was like the, the breakdowns happened. I didn't really think Chicago did that much to earn them. And then they just had those quick two goals in 30 seconds, which I just don't think any of what they're doing is that replicable. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. I think I'm going to lay it with uh, the Oilers in one way or another Vancouver Canucks still without a win. They are plus one Oh five on the road in Seattle. Minus one twenty five at home. The over under here, six and a half. I think this number is going to get to a point where you got to bet Vancouver. Think about coming into the season. If you go two weeks ago, if you ask every single hockey person, who's better, Seattle or Vancouver, everybody outside of Washington State would tell you Vancouver. They've been bad. Vancouver's been really bad. They've been a mess. Like there's off ice stuff. There's already been jerseys on the ice, which is, you know, the, the Canadian form of dissent. And I get it. Like it's scary to do it, but this price is giving too it's too disrespectful to vancouver i think even after this terrible 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 start so at the risk of vancouver just laying down and just waiting for the coach to get fired or something to change i'm gonna still do it i'm just gonna back vancouver as a, as a dog here yeah it's one of those ones where like i hate to just bet a team because they're due but it's close to that the scary thing for me is though you know i like seattle they just played a really good effort that's kind of the tough part for me, but Vancouver is so much better than this record that that that's uh it's a tough situation. And you could argue the Carolina performance, like that was a big game for Carolina too. They had a tough road trip. You could almost say that's encouraging as tough as it's been, but yeah. And then the other note, Besser is now out of the lineup as well. I still like what they have in the, on the forward core, but it's a, it's tough in Vancouver right now. Yeah. And I think the lineup, move towards Seattle still. I think there's still room for this price in Vancouver to grow. Like you said, Besser's out, Quinn Hughes is out, but it's just, I think you're just going to get enough. Uh, you're def- I'm not laying it with Seattle. I'll just tell you that much, especially with Martin Jones and Joey Decord as their goaltending tandem right now. Last game of the slate before we get on to top shelf bets, the Maple Leafs minus 200 in the Shark Tank. The Sharks are plus 170, the over under six and a half here. The Leafs are coming off an abysmal effort against the Golden Knights, I say that with a lot of pride. Bad start to every period. They've been a little snake bit in, in the terms of Mitch Marner has one goal. I think Austin Matthews got one goal. Yeah, that line, I saw people saying they were quiet in that game. I don't know what they watched. I thought that was yep. to tie this to what's going to be my play on that game. It, 
it was three out of four shifts, the Leafs would get pummeled and that line would come out, pin them the whole shift, regardless of who the Knights had out. And then the rest of the game was terrible, (laughs) which ties into what I'm thinking is my favorite play on this contest. The thing with the the Leafs that's showing up, and this is something I thought was true, is just like their bottom six depth and their their blue line depth. Like it's just, there's been a lot of injuries and to the blue line and that happens to teams over the NHL season, but they basically planned their roster around everything breaking right health wise. And it just hasn't. So now you got Victor Mete playing big minutes. You say what you want about him. He's a seven, number seven defenseman, basically at, at best at this point, like he can move the puck. He can skate. Sure. And he's not alone. Like in terms of like spare parts playing, like Philip crawl is up now and Justin Hole's not good. So there's, there's just too many, weak links on the defense and then that bottom six is they just haven't gelled yet. Perhaps they will, you know, Zach Aston Reese and Obey Coupel, who's been scratched. Like maybe they'll, they'll That's, click at some at some point, but there's one thing I would trash on dump on. I get that it worked against Winnipeg. It looks sweet. Cause Simmons somehow threw like some pass into the slot that never should have worked and it works. And they score whatever. But if I like one thing, I kind of feel like I've lost disrespect on. I don't really see why they're playing Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons. I don't think they're, both going to play this next game, but their bottom six is good because they can control play because of what they do compared to other teams. I just don't think the Leafs have that side of their game and they need to just live with that. Like you right. can't just play lesser players just because you want to have that edge to your game. So I think that'll be something to watch moving forward. I still think their bottom two lines are going to control play at an above average rate in the NHL this year, especially versus teams like San Jose, but we'll see. I think the Sharks are, like the value side, I'm, I'm not going to bet it yet. We'll see where this number goes. But uh, I, I just think there's there's also a possibility here that the Leafs are kind of weathering a storm and waiting to see what management does with the coach uh, a little bit. Doesn't seem like they're not they're not starting periods on time. They're not starting games on time. And they're just like, and this is eye tests and narrative stuff, and I get it. But like, it just seems like there's times where you watch a game and they just look disinterested. I mean, mm-hmm. look, that Coyotes game was... Uh, exhibit a i think the knights game was exhibit b so yeah there's just i just don't think you can bet on toronto especially in a spot like this on the road in san jose like against a bad team and you can bet on them and be confident you're gonna get their best effort now if they were playing colorado like you could say they're gonna get the best effort and when the Leafs play their best effort, like they give a best effort they can beat anyone in the league but i just i can't lay it with this team i know you have a different way to attack them though yeah i have two guys i want to attack in this game i think me and my followers were pissed off last night because Timo Meyer, anytime goals a guy, he's due to break through. He's got like a hundred shot attempts this year. And albeit half them last night, I swear he was just fucking with us because he's like some of the shot attempts were downright comical. But I think he'll be about plus 150 to score in this game. I think the breakthrough's coming. Could be in this one, which could be a sneaky high scoring game, I think, with Toronto's defense, Toronto's goaltending. And then Austin Matthews, the price might not be there. I still think you need plus money to bet on him to score any time. But that's definitely one that I'm going to keep my eye on. I liked his game the other night. He should have scored, hit the goalie, the crossbar, and the post. So whatever, it's coming. I still think he's the best goal scorer alive. And depending on what prices we see tomorrow, it's a good time to get in on that. So yeah, for me, I'm going to be watching Timo Meyer and Matthews anytime goals in that game. All right, we'll wrap up with Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets for Thursday, October 27th. Top Shelf, where Mama hides the cookies. I like the Edmonton Oilers, minus one and a half, uh, plus 110, to beat the Chicago Blackhawks, to route the Chicago Blackhawks. Edmonton's on the back end of a back-to-back. Jack Campbell will be starting. He's been off to a tough start as an Oiler. 
but everything that Edmonton does well matches up with everything that Chicago does horribly, which is basically defend. You look at that Chicago blue line and then you look at the forward group for Edmonton. It's really hard to see this game go any other way than an Edmonton route. So I'll back the Oilers and I I don't hate, like I said, I don't hate fault lines here, like minus two and a half, or if you want to take a shot on like a correct score, like five, nothing or six, one, something like that. A huge number is like, if you have some fun with it is what I'm trying to say. So Edmonton Oilers uh, minus one and a half for me. Yeah. McDavid dry settle props will probably be popular too. And for good reason, vendor Kane props as well. Yeah. My best bets. I like Kyle Connor. Anytime goal scorer. He was plus plus one fifty two anytime to score the other night. He was excellent in that game. He was the best player on the ice. I think he maybe did get first or second start of the game. So it wasn't unrewarded and he clearly dominated, but it's the same kind of narrative as Meyer and Matthews. He's in the absolute top tier of the goal scorers in the world right now. The price could be even better just because they're now an underdog versus the Kings. So that's something I'd keep in mind as well. Yeah. I'm going to go Kyle Connor. I think he's going to find the score sheet with a goal. This is Kyle Connor. Anytime goal scorer, Edmonton Oilers uh, minus one and a half. And then our underdogs, Montreal and Winnipeg. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. Best of luck with your bets on Thursday night. Enjoy Coyotes home opener on Friday night.